I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. It is Friday, September 15th. My name is Faraz Siddiqui. We got a lot to talk about today. We're going to talk about that atrocious game last night on Thursday Night Football. We're going to talk some news. We're going to talk QB streamers, and we're going to talk start sits. So we got a lot to talk about today. Um, So let's just first get into the news real quick. Uh, Bengals, they fired their offensive coordinator after that horrendous show showing last night. Um, Bill Lazor is going to be their new offensive coordinator. So, you know, they couldn't score a touchdown in their first two games, so there was a change that was obviously needed. I'm glad that they they made that change. Um, But, you know, Andy Dalton just looked horrible. You know, whether they changed their offensive coordinator or not, Dalton got to get his get his act together. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, I, I do think they hopefully start to use their weapons wisely. Um, hopefully Joe Mixon continues in that direction of leading that backfield. And we'll talk more about that once we start talking about the game. Um, but Sam Bradford, he apparently had a knee issue that required an MRI. But he is still going to start on Sunday in Pittsburgh. Not sure exactly what that injury was. Um, but... I don't think it could be that serious if he's going to start on Sunday. Uh, Jordan Howard, he got limited sessions in this week because of his shoulder, so he couldn't practice fully. Um, So he's still questionable for Sunday. John Fox, as you know, he's always very secretive when it comes to injuries. So pay attention to that injury report, you know, just so you know whether Howard will be active on Sunday. And just make sure you have a backup plan in case he isn't. Um, So... Let's talk about this Bengals-Texans game real quick. So Deshaun Watson, you know, he looked okay. He didn't look that great, to be honest. Um, he only passed the ball for 125 yards um, on on 24 passes. Um, but he did run in a 50-yard touchdown before halftime, which was kind of impressive. So, you know, he has that it factor. You know, he if he can put it all together, you know, uh, work on his passing game. And, you know, I think maybe in a couple of years he can actually be somebody, um, you know, who, who's a, a good talent in this league. But it's just I don't think it's going to come this year. Um, the story of the game for me was Lamar Miller and Deontay Foreman exchanging series. Miller, he had 18 carries on, you know, for 61 yards, three receptions on three targets, and Foreman had 12 carries for 40 yards. He didn't have any catches. Now, both averaged around 3.3 yards per carry. Uh, Foreman did look, you know, a little bit more elusive. Miller just kind of ran straight and maybe make a cut here and there. Um, but, you know, this is interesting because Miller had 18 carries, Foreman had 12 carries, so this is a little bit of a timeshare, right? I mean, Yeah, I mean, Miller wasn't going to get the full 30 carries if they were going to run it 30 times between the two, but um, I really don't think that Miller is going to be that, you know, that workhorse that he was last year 
the only reason why we were starting him in this horrible offense was because, you know, of how many touches he was going to get. And if he doesn't have that upside to get, you know, around the 25 touch range, I mean, in this game, he had 21 touches, right? So that's, I think that's kind of his ceiling. That's the most he would get if Foreman is going to be this involved. They were basically, you know, exchanging series. So Miller came in for the first two series, and then Deontay Foreman came in for the next two series starting in the third, in the first quarter. So this was part of their game plan. You know, they came, Bill O'Brien did say before the game that he wanted to get Foreman more involved, but, you know, he gave him his own, his own series. I mean, too, too bad these series really didn't last long at all. They were just punting all night. And, you know, I'm just not as confident in Miller as I was before because I thought that he was just going to get all of the touches in this game. At least, you know, he's going to probably get most of the passing work. That's, that's this, you know, the silver lining in all this because Deontay Foreman isn't, uh, you know, the best pass catcher in the world. So, you know, Miller still has that job. Uh, but, you know, not as confident as, in, in Miller going forward, you know, as a mid-level RB2. Now, Joe Mixon, he led the team in carries with nine. Hill had six and Gio had five. So both Hill and Gio, you know, didn't look that good in the running game. Uh, Mixon looked a lot better. You know, he had four yards per carry compared to Hill's 2.8 and Gio's two. So, you know, it's kind of going in the right direction. It's not quite there yet. Maybe with this OC change, maybe Mixon will, will, uh, you know, get some more work and get the real majority and maybe make this more of a two-headed and not three-headed backfield. I mean, if this was Mixon and Geo, you know, I get it, you know, but I still feel like Jeremy Hill would come in for those goal line carries. And this is more of a Marvin Lewis thing, more than the offensive coordinator decision. That's, that's how I feel about this. You know, Marvin Lewis never liked to give the keys, you know, to the kingdom to a rookie. So, um, and, you know, we kind of have to wait and see on Mixon. Now, he is still a buy low candidate for me because, you know, in the second game, he's leading the team in carries. That's a good thing. So, you know, if you're if you need some running back help and you're willing to take a gamble, Mixon might be somebody, you know, who you can you can buy low at right now. DeAndre Hopkins had another ridiculous target share. He had 13 targets in this one. He went seven for 73. So not bad. Um, he also might be a buy low candidate because if Deshaun Watson continues to start every game, he's going to look at Hopkins when he came in in the second half in, you know, that week one, he was also looking at Hopkins. He had like a 50% target share <laughs> in that second half. So, you know, Hopkins is a guy, you know, he's super talented. If he's going to get that those target numbers, uh, he's going to put up some good numbers. So in this game, this was a low-scoring game, short week. Um, you know, this was a pretty good performance from Hopkins, I would say. All right, we're going to get right into the week two QB streaming options. And the first guy I wanted to talk about was Carson Wentz. So this Eagles-Chiefs game has a projected total of 47.5. The Chiefs are favored by 5.5 points here. So the game script, it does point to Carson Wentz having to put it on his arm and try to bring his team back from a deficit. And, you know, this is already a pass-first team, so that plus the game script leads me to think that Wentz is going to have a a little bit of an extra opportunity to put up fantasy points. Um, So, you know, the Eagles lost Ronald Darby and their defense might not be able to hold the Chiefs' offense from scoring. So that might mean that the Eagles' offense needs to be in catch-up mode. So more attempts for Wentz means more opportunity for fantasy points. The loss of Eric Berry is huge for the Chiefs' defense, and Wentz can take advantage while the Eagles try to plug that hole. The middle of the field without Berry, that's going to be a lot easier to navigate for Nelson Aguilar and Zach Ertz. And we already saw that Carson Wentz has a rapport with both of those guys. And as far as Alshon Jeffrey goes, 
Marcus Peter play, Marcus Peters, he plays the opposite side that Jeffrey primarily plays. And um, since he doesn't shadow, I expect Jeffrey to only see him on a handful of snaps. So I kind of like Wentz in this game. Um, I don't think the Chiefs are as dangerous. Chiefs defense is as dangerous um, without Eric Berry. So he's, he's a good streaming option. Sam Bradford's another guy. Um, he had an incredible game, you know, against the Saints on Monday night. But, you know, even though it, a lot of it was a product of the Saints' horrible defense, he did make some very accurate throws, and he made some of the best throws I've ever seen in that game. Um, but, you know, like I said, maybe it's a product of the Saints' uh, defense, but we're going to find out. Uh, so this week he goes into Pittsburgh. That game has a projected total of 45.5. The Steelers are favored by less than a touchdown. Um, the Steelers do have a solid front seven, so I expect the run game to be less effective than, than it was against the Saints. Um, and Bradford, he might have to do a little bit more to keep the Vikings in the game, you know, by himself. And eventually, you know, he might have to catch up in the fourth quarter with the Steelers going up at home. They usually play well. Um, they usually put points on the board, so he might have to do it on his own. Um, Stefan Diggs, he has the advantage over Joe Hayden on the outside for sure. Adam Thielen, he's going up against an undrafted second-year player, Mike Hilton. Um, you might see a little bit of William Gay. Um, you know, Hilton got cut from two teams last year. Um, so, you know, I think Adam Thielen has a plus matchup there as well. So, um, and you know, Hilton, he did okay last week, but he went up against Duke Johnson, who isn't quite, uh, the wide receiver Thielen is, and he's actually not really a wide receiver. He's a running back who plays in the slot. So, um, you know, I expect both of those, both of those guys to have a good game. You know, it's, uh, you know, it's not the best environment to play in, but, you know, hopefully with Bradford's experience, it shouldn't uh, rattle him too much. And hopefully this knee injury um, isn't that big of a deal. He is starting, so uh, it shouldn't be. Alex Smith is another guy. You know, to project Alex Smith to have two good games in a row, especially when it comes to fantasy production, I mean, that's asking a lot. And I don't know if that's going to happen. But, you know, like I said, the Eagles, they lost cornerback Ronald Darby, and there are no defensive backs left to cover Tyreek Hill. So, you know, and the rest of this Eagles secondary, they played pretty bad last week as well. So I do expect Smith to distribute the ball, play within the game plan like he does, and be efficient. Um, with the amount of times that Terrell Pryor got open deep last week, I can't imagine what Tyreek Hill is going to do in this game, honestly. Tyreek Hill is just a better receiver than Pryor. Pryor is just, you know, he's obviously an athletic freak as well, but Hill is just, I feel like he's just going to eat in this game. Um, For some clarity, Pro Football Focus, they rated the top three Eagles cornerbacks um, who were projected to start this game at 36.1, 50.2, and 63.2 out of 100. So I think they can really do some damage here. Uh, Kareem Hunt, you know, he might not have as much success against the Eagles front seven, uh, but he should be effective in the passing game, and he's going to help Smith out a little bit. So I'll be pretty confident in starting Smith this week. Carson Palmer is my next guy. How dare I? How dare I put Palmer on this list after, after his terrible week one? He is going up against the Colts this week, right? And every single one of his receivers will have a plus matchup. He doesn't have David Johnson, but Arizona, they're still favored by more than a touchdown. I do expect Larry Fitzgerald, John Brown, they're going to go full ham on the Colts. I mean, you know, if those targets aren't going David Johnson's way, they're going to have to go somewhere else, right? And John Brown had nine targets. Larry Fitzgerald had a bunch as well. And they both have great matchups. Last, last week against the Colts, Jared Goff was able to throw for 300 yards. So, you know, I think Palmer will be, will be able to get back into his groove against his depleted secondary. Um, the Colts... 
They were one of the worst teams in week one to pressure the quarterback, and that was the same case last year. So they didn't do much to address that issue, and I think Carson Palmer is going to have all day. And if he does, you know, it shouldn't be uh, too much of an issue for him. If you're streaming QBs, you can't look at one performance and decide that you're not starting that quarterback anymore for the rest of the year. But, you know, and I know it's a lot harder to do it the week after that quarterback played pretty badly. Um, but, you know, you, you have to look at things week by week, and, and Palmer shouldn't disappoint this week. Tyrod Taylor's my next guy. Um, Buffalo, they're seven-point underdogs in Carolina this week, so Taylor is most likely going to have to try and come back in this one. So that means more scrambles, more throws, more fantasy points. He has a floor of 40 rushing yards. That keeps him in every week streaming option. Um, you just hope for one passing touchdown to give you a decent day, basically. Um, the Panthers, they have good corners. But Shady and Charles Clay are Taylor's main guys anyway, and they should help him stay afloat in this game. He doesn't turn the ball over much, so you have a good chance of him not killing a week. The Panthers, they aren't a fa- favorite to destroy the Bills, even at home, so if it, re- if it stays close, Taylor should rack up some points in this one. All right, that's it for the QB streaming. We're going to move on to the starts and sits for the week. Remember, you always want to start your studs, but, you know, here are some matchups you might want to exploit, you know, because it might give you a bit more confidence in the guy you have in your lineup, or if you don't have confidence in a guy, you might want to plug one of these guys in. So, first guy I want to talk about was Larry Fitzgerald, and you know what, I'll combine him with John Brown as well, and and I was talking about Carson Palmer earlier. So, Fitzgerald, he's going to see Nate Hairston in the slot. Pro Football Focus rated him a 49.4. He couldn't cover Cooper Cup last week, and, you know, the, the talent level between Cooper Cup and Fitzgerald is a ton. So uh, Harrison's going to have a lot to deal with on Sunday. John Brown, he hasn't practiced all week, so keep an eye on him. It's not clear whether they're resting him or because his quad is giving him more issues because of his sickle cell trait. We just don't know at this point. Um, but if he does play, expect him to see mostly TJ Green, who pro football focus rated at a 33.2, which is out of 100 pretty damn bad um so john brown he did play the second most snaps last week behind fitzgerald had nine targets in the game that carson palmer wants to forget you know so like those nine targets can actually turn into some real good fantasy production you know if you know carson palmer can turn it around um and on top of that dj isn't getting his targets so there's more targets to to go around and i think john brown's a candidate to uh to really break out if that sickle cell trait isn't an issue this year um, so things should improve this week against this pathetic Colts defense. So, uh, don't be afraid to put these guys in your lineup. Tyreek Hill. Um, I did mention it earlier with Alex Smith and Ronald Darby. He's going to be out on the Eagles. There are no defensive backs left to cover Tyreek. Um, he's mostly going to see Jalen Mills who pro football focus rated a 36.1 out of hundred. And, you know, while he moves around the formation, he's still going to see Patrick Robinson and Malcolm Jenkins, who also aren't going to be able to stop them either. They're not highly rated either. So I think Tyreek Hill has a big day in store for him. Alshon Jeffrey. So I wouldn't worry about Marcus Peters. He doesn't shadow. And Jeffrey runs most of his routes from the opposite side of the field. So I expect the Eagles to try and catch up in this game. It's a positive game script for Jeffrey. Last week, Norman didn't cover him as much as we thought he would. And he... We, after the game, we were like, we gave him an excuse and said, oh, you know, Josh Norman was covering him. You know, he should be fine next week. But Norman didn't cover him that much. He only covered him on about 10 routes that he ran. So um, I do expect them to get Jeffrey a little bit more involved this week just so that they can at least exploit that matchup. Calvin Benjamin's the next guy. 
he didn't have such a good game last week in a good matchup, but this week he has a seven inch height advantage over EJ Gaines, who's five foot ten. So I do expect Cam to target him early and often. Jermaine Curse, he was able to do some work against Gaines last week. Pro Football Focus rated Gaines a forty point three. So I think Benjamin can have a nice game if this game if this game doesn't turn into a blowout. Des Bryant's the next guy. He's going up against the Broncos. It's always great to start wide receivers against the Broncos, isn't it? No, it's always tough to start them. But Aqib Talib, he likely won't shadow. And if that's the case, he plays the opposite side Bryant usually runs his routes on. So Bryant, he should see a lot of Bradley Roby, who Pro Football Focus rated a 55 last year. And, you know, we did see Tyrell Williams on Monday night. He was able to take advantage of that matchup, um, you know, with a touchdown um, and, you know, a good amount of yards. So, you know, in a year that's full of tough cornerback matchups for Des Bryant, this might actually be a good one to start it. And remember, he's an elite talent. Um, he had a few opportunities last week that, you know, they wish that they could get back and convert on. You know, not necessarily Dez's fault, but Dak Prescott, I know he wishes he had some of those throws back, especially that throw that he had to Dez in the end zone. So, you know, just just stating that Dez doesn't have as bad of a matchup as you think he does, and he is a stud, so he is not an easy guy to take out of my lineup, that's for sure. Emmanuel Sanders, he's another guy, you know, he will likely see the weak link of the Cowboys secondary in Nolan Carroll. Pro Football Focus rated him a 47.7 in 2016. Demarius Thomas, Benny Fowler, they have much tougher matchups in this one, so hopefully the game plan is to exploit the matchup with Carroll and let Sanders see a majority of the targets in this game at home. Marquise Lee, so, you know, since Allen Robinson went out, um, it's going to be Lee and Hearns, um, but Lee has the better matchup between him and Allen Hearns this week. He is going against Adore Jackson, who is rated a 37.9 from Pro, Pro Football Focus. Um, and, you know, he could be a good start for what can be a breakout year for him. We did see him startable last year in PPR leagues while Robinson was on the field. But those targets to Robinson, they need to go somewhere. And this week, Lee, he could see the majority of them. Next guy is Cooper Cut. He had a nice game for himself out of the slot in week one. And he has a chance to replicate his success this week against Kendall Fuller, who Pro Football Focus rated at a 48.5. Um, Aguilar, Nelson Aguilar, that is, he exploited this matchup last week. So Cup should continue to get looks from Jared Goff like, like he was getting in week one um, and be able to do well in this matchup. Another slot receiver, Jarvis Landry. Jason Verrett, Casey Hayward, they rarely go into the slot, so they will likely shadow Kenny Stills and Jay Cutler's favorite receiver, Devontae Parker. But hopefully this week, Cutler realizes that and sends those targets to Landry. <laughs> those tough matchups on the outside, it leaves Landry with a good matchup against Trevor Williams. Pro Football Focus gave him a rating of 45.1. And like we saw on Monday night, Kenny Fowler, out of the slot, he was able to put up two touchdowns. So, like I said, hopefully Cutler realizes that, sends those targets Landry's way on Sunday. Chris Hogan's another guy that I like this week. Danny Amendola apparently now has a knee injury um, on top of his concussion that he suffered last week. He didn't practice all week, and he'll likely be out for this shootout against the Saints in New Orleans. Um, Hogan, he ran most of his routes out of the slot once Amendola left the game, and he's going to see a lot of P.J. Williams. And as you saw last week, the Saints couldn't stop anybody, and we saw what Thielen did out of the slot. So, 
you know, it's always tough figuring out where the fantasy production will come from in this Patriots offense, but this is the week Hogan can shine in a game that's projected to total 56 points. So it's going to go back and forth. Chris Hogan in the slot, you know, probably getting those short to intermediate routes, maybe mixing it up with a couple deep routes as well, uh, because we know he could do that. So, you know, I think he's a good start this week. Deshaun Jackson, he's going to see a lot of Marcus Cooper, who was rated at a 41.4 from Pro Football Focus last year. Um, he has a good chance of catching one deep this week. Winston loves going deep, um, you know, and with an actual deep threat of Jackson, I mean, I think he could do really well. We did see tight end Austin Hooper get deep a couple times. So if a tight end can do it, I think DJX can do it as well in this off on this offense. So uh, this is in Tampa as well. So keep in mind, uh, Jackson is a ceiling play. So, you know, if you need somebody who has like a, a high floor, Jackson is not the guy. But if you want to kind of raise your ceiling, he's a good guy to have in your lineup. Marshawn Lynch, um, he's a great start this week. He's The Raiders are 14-point favorites at home. The game script has Lynch written all over this one. Lynch could possibly have 25 carries in this game with the Raiders going up early, the Jets probably turning the ball over while trying to force their way back in the game, and Lynch pounding out the clock even more. I would be surprised if he doesn't get a goal line touchdown or two in this game. I mean, this is the type of game that you look for when you start a running back. You want your running back to be on on a team that's heavily favored, at home, and against a defense who probably can't stop the run. This is just a recipe for success. Terrence West is another guy that I like. Very similar situation. Ravens are eight-point favorites at home against the Browns. I expect them to have 20-plus carries in this game. And, you know, you hope for some goal line touches as well. The fourth quarter should provide him with a good amount of opportunity. Jonathan Stewart's another guy. Very similar situation. The Bills, they shouldn't be able to keep up with the Panthers, and Stewart should be involved throughout. So since the Panthers are seven-point favorites at home, he's somebody who should see the opportunity to run the clock out in the fourth quarter. Cam Newton, he didn't seem like he wanted to run in week one, so Stewart should see similar touch numbers along with some goal line carries to protect Newton's shoulder. Kerwin Williams, another guy. This might be the only time I ever suggest starting Williams this year, but against the Colts, please go right ahead. Not only is this a good matchup, but the Cardinals should be up a few scores in this one and are end up being seven-point favorites. With their defense not allowing much to the Colts, I expect there to be not much of a need to pass in the second half, so if there is some opportunity for goal line touches, he's probably the guy, um, he'll be the choice for those goal line carries if the opportunity presents itself. All right, so here are a few guys, you know, if you're going to sit any of these guys, make sure you have a solid replacement. If you're taking a shot in the dark on someone, it's better to play these guys because they're going to be on the field, you know, and they're still going to have some opportunity um, to get you some fantasy points. So the first, so I'll combine the first two, Marvin Jones and Golden Tate. Um... These two are probably going to see Janoris Jenkins and Dom- Dominique Rogers Camardi on Monday night. These guys are really good cornerbacks. I don't think these guys are going to have much success against them. The Giants' defense overall, they're going to be tough to play at home. So Stafford is going to need to look elsewhere to move the ball. T.Y. Hilton, st- don't, don't play him this week. Andrew Luck is out. Hilton's going to be shadowed by Patrick Peterson. Doesn't look like a recipe for success. I, you should really try to find a better option. Alan Hearns. Um, I talked about him earlier. You might have picked him, up, picked him up off of waivers, but he should see a lot of Logan Ryan this week. And Marquise Lee, you know, he's having a much better matchup, so Hearns might not have enough of the target share for decent fantasy production this week. Devontae Parker. I know a lot of you guys are excited to play Devontae Parker. He's like that new shiny toy that you have that you want to throw him in your lineup, but he's going to be shadowed by Casey Hayward this week. So there is a chance that he just gets shut down. 
Cutler probably won't care though, so he might see some targets and have a chance, but the odds aren't really in his favor. Uh, Titans receivers, Corey Davis, Rashard Matthews, Jalen Ramsey, and A.J. Boye, there are no guys who you want to mess with on the outside. It's possible that Ramsey's out for this game, so keep an eye out for that. And if he is, Rashard Matthews gets a huge boost since he usually plays on that side of the field. Since these guys move around a bit, Davis, he should see a slight bump as well. So pay attention to Ramsey's status to see if he practices Friday, but if he doesn't, I wouldn't mind throwing Matthews into my lineup. Terrell Pryor, Jameson Crowder, two Redskins wide receivers. Pryor, he's going to see a lot of Tremaine Johnson this week. Crowder, he's going to see Roby Coleman. So this isn't the best matchup for these two guys. They're going to play across the country in L.A. That's not going to help. So Kirk Cousins, he's likely going to have to find other places to throw the ball. Pryor, you know, he usually has the height advantage over most corners, but he only has a two-inch advantage over Johnson at 6'2". So um, Pryor, you know, he's not a must-sit for me in this matchup, but I'm not expecting major production from him this week. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised um, if he crafts my team a little bit this week. Frank Gore is another guy. I don't expect the Colts to be able to run against the Cardinals. You know, since the Colts are going to be down most of this game, most likely, my guess is that Gore, Gore wouldn't be the primary choice for them to be the one coming out of the backfield to catch passes. Um, you know, I could see Marlon Mack, Robert Turbin getting their opportunities in that comeback attempt. So this is a game to avoid with no Andrew Luck and the Colts defense not being to stop Arizona. It's not really a recipe for success for Frank Gore. So that should do it. Um, if you guys have any questions, if you guys ever want to reach out, you know, I'm on Twitter at Faraz Siddiqui, at F-A-R-A-Z-S-I-D-D-I-Q-I. We're on Twitter at UpperHandFFB. We're on Instagram at UpperHandFantasy. If you want to send me a DM, have any questions, want to say hi, shoot me one over there. If you're also undecided about who to start this week, you can either hit me up or if you have an Amazon Echo or an Amazon Dot, you can activate the upper hand fantasy skill and you can ask it who to start this week. You can compare two players and it'll give you an instant answer based on fantasy pros consensus rankings, uh, you know, and it'll distinguish between PPR and standard leagues as well. So it'll give you a little bit more of an accurate answer. Um, but enjoy the games on Sunday and have a great weekend.